welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Everybody, let's give God a big hand. We're excited about you being here. Thank you so much. Got some mighty men joining me today. And so once you put your hand over your heart, let's make some declarations together. Say it with me. I declare that I'm created in the image of God. I am blessed to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and take dominion. I declare that 2020 is my year of transformation. Things are not just going to change for the better, but 2020 will be my best year ever. Come on. I declare that 2020 is double, double for me. Double blessing, double anointing, double portion of good things in every area of my life. I declare that according to Psalm 65:11, that God is crowning my year with goodness and my path will drip with abundance. I declare that as I am taught the word of God and applied, say that one more time. I declare that as I am taught the word of God and applied, that I am wonderfully well and blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Come on, put your hands together. Amen. So glad that you guys are here. Y'all, y'all may be seated. And for those of you that are are joining us and you uh, you're not with us live, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Men, join me. Let's welcome everybody. Happy Father's Day. Come on, give them a big hand. And uh, just so honored to uh, to have some of our mighty men with us and. Thank you guys for joining us, and we are going to be having church real soon, y'all. And uh, so, uh, so I'm going to let the cat out of the bag because we've been strategically waiting. And, um, and so what's going to happen, uh, uh, this is Father's Day weekend, and what's going to happen that I'm announcing is on July 5th, we're coming back home. So we're having church starting July 5th. So, so this is not the July 4th to travel. Have fun July 4th, do whatever you're going to do, but let's be back in the house of God on July 5th. And by the way, let me just say, uh, in this house, uh, we're not going to be separated. Uh, in this house, we're not going to wear a mask. So if that's something you want to do, you can come here and find a place, if you can find a place to be separated, or whatever. If you feel like you are not ready to come back to church, then we welcome you to be a part of our online church, and we're excited about that. But on this Father's Day weekend, I just wanted to announce that we coming back. I said, we're coming back. Come on, y'all. July 5th, church doors are open. So we're excited about that. We haven't shared that up until this point. And so I'm excited about that, and I can't wait. Our, our series is going to be called Homecoming. So we're going to have homecoming. It's going to be amazing. Well, again, I'm honored today to uh, have, have just some very special men with us that are live in the audience. And again, thank you guys for being here. Uh, thank you for being mighty men in my life, mighty men in this church, uh, for men who are putting God first in your life, men who are seeking God's kingdom first in your life. And I'm honored to do life with you. And I thank you for being those kind of men. So, 
Uh, we started a series called Unshakable, and I want to talk about unshakable fatherhood on this weekend. And uh, the key every man needs. So whether you're a father or not, this is going to relate to you. But I felt like God spoke a word to me uh, for Father's Day. You know, Father's Day weekend is a very significant weekend in the life of our church. Um, Father's Day, uh, let's see, Father's Day 2004, we opened the doors of our first uh, church service at Elevate Life Church in our first phase. And Father's Day has just always been a very special day. And you know why it's a special day? Because I'm a father. And so, and all the fathers said, and, uh, and God is our father. And so, so when I was praying about this message in the context of our world today, in the context of, of current events, if you will, I felt like the Lord gave me this scripture, Hebrews 12, verse 25 through 28. And here's what it says in the Amplified. See to it that you do not refuse to listen to him who is speaking to you now. So those of us that are in this auditorium, and if you're where you can, just lift up your hands and just say, Lord, I, I lay down anything that's in me that has refused to listen to you in the past. I give you permission to lead me and guide me. And I ask for your wisdom. Come on, put an amen on that. So see to it that you do not refuse to listen to him who is speaking to you now. For if those, the sons of Israel, did not escape when they refused to listen to him, who warned them on earth, revealing God's will, how much less will we escape if we turn our backs on him who warns from heaven? His voice shook the earth at Mount Sinai. Then, but now, he has given a promise saying, now this is God giving a promise. Yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this expression once more indicates the removal and final transformation. Everybody say transformation. transformation. Of all those things which can be shaken, that is of that which has been created so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude and offer God pleasing service and acceptable worship with reverence and awe. What is God telling us? Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. What are we seeing happen in our world today? Everything that can be shaken is being shaken. And only that which is of God is going to remain. And there's, there are going to be different times in your life where, where God not only allows a shaking to come, but God actually shakes things in your life 
so that you release the things that are holding you back from his eternal purpose in your life. And that's why when we have shakings that happen and when we don't understand what's going on, that we have to turn to God and say, okay, God, you know what? I'm, I'm listening. Like my marriage is going to be shaken. Let me just tell you, your marriage is going to be shaken. Your business is going to be shaken. There's going to be things in your life that's going to be shaken. And the purpose for the shaking is, is, and the reason it's a promise from God that we will experience shakings is to shake anything off of us that's not of him. Somebody put an amen on that. So that's why we welcome the shaking. So in the midst of the shaking that America is experiencing and that the world is experiencing and that we are experiencing I feel like God's given us the word, that that's a part of transformation. That's a part of transformation. What was is not going to be anymore. A butterfly is not a better caterpillar. And again, I've said it, and you guys have heard it, and those of you that are watching have heard it if you're a part of our tribe, a part of Elevate Life Church. On December 31st, 2019, when I announced the word from God, just always know this, always know this. There's more to the word than you're able to process when I'm giving it to you. Yes, sir. Don't ever be afraid of the word because the word is attached to the promises of God. So when I give you a word, you might jump up and say, yeah, and I want you to jump up and say, yeah, like we do every December 31st. But just know there's always more to that word then you'll understand presently. So here's how God led me. I mean, we have it on videotape. Not really. It's on some kind of digital something. We have it on cassette tape. But here's what came out of my mouth. I said, this is our year of transformation. My next statement was, and some of you are not going to know what this means until June. That's called being led by the Lord. That's called being in an apostolic house where words of prophecy are always going out. God's speaking prophetically. And you know, you can just sit there and you don't, you don't know what that means, but here's what you can do. Go ahead and write that down. And when you hear a word from God and God gives you a word, this is what happens a lot of times in my masterminds when I'm coaching people. It's like, God, give me a word. And it may not even be for right now, but I'm going to tell you something. It's going to come to pass. Isaiah. 22, verse 22. Everybody say double, double. It's also our year of double, double. 22, 22. I will give him the key to the house of David. The highest position in the royal court. When he opens doors, no one will be able to close them. And when he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. He will bring honor to his family name. For I will drive him firmly in place like a nail in the wall. They will give him great responsibility and he will bring honor even to the lowest members of his family. Hmm. Again, the title of my message is Unshakable Fatherhood, the key every man needs. What is that key? That is the key of David. So we're going to dive into this just for a minute. I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture because I want to bring this out to you. I want to, 
I want the word which God not only cannot lie, but I want the word which endures forever to be put in the context of your lives right now in this season. God gives us precious promises because we are called to receive an eternal inheritance. There is a promise in scripture that everything that can be shaken will be shaken and only that which is of God remains. And let me tell you what it'll do. It'll scare the flesh out of you. I said it will scare the flesh out of you because anything that scares you involves your flesh and how you're processing in the flesh. So another way of saying that is it'll scare the hell out of you. Why? Because the enemy wants you to operate out of fear and that's some of what's going on in our world right now. From back-to-back impeachment, coronavirus, to our, our country, our, our, our world in, in chaos. And a fight for justice and a fight for equality. And a fight for sometimes the lowest members of our family. who hadn't had the same opportunities at times historically that we've had. What is the key that God wants to give every man? That ability to fight for the lowest family members. To fight for people sometimes that can't fight for themselves. So the key of David, what does it mean? Number one, the key of David is a covenant promise. I will give him the key to the house of David, the highest position in the royal court. So I'm going to just use a name right here, all right? So I will give Chris the key to the house of David, the highest position in the royal court. And when Chris opens doors, no one will be able to close them. When Scott opens doors or closes doors, no one will be able to open them. For Chuck will bring honor to his family name. For I will drive Tim firmly in place like a nail in the wall. And they will give Mitch great responsibility And Sam will bring honor even to the lowest members of his family. That's your job as a man. That's the key that God wants to give you. So the key of David is a covenant promise. The Davidic covenant refers to God's promises to David through Nathan the prophet. And guys, if you're in our church, man, you're way familiar with this passage of Scripture. But what is the Davidic covenant? What does it mean? I'm going to give you the key of the house of David. I just want to read it to you. And again, you've heard it. You've heard me preach it. But in context, I want to give it to you again because this is what you have been given. This is what you are being given. This is what God is saying to us as men of this house and saying to fathers and men. So when David lived in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies, 
The king said to Nathan the prophet, see now that I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in tent curtains. And Nathan said to the king, again, this is the priest-king relationship, go do whatever's in your heart, everything that's in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But it happened that night that the Lord came to Nathan and he said, I want you to go tell King David something. I want you to go tell this father something. I want you to go tell this man after my own heart. I want you to go tell him something. Thus says the Lord, should you be one to build me a house that I dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house since the day I brought the sons of Israel up from Egypt, even to this day. But I have been moving about from tent to tent and everybody besides you has been happy with that. Wherever I've gone with all the Israelites, did I not speak a word to any from the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd? My people asking, why have you not built me a house? I've never asked anybody to build me a house. So then God says this to Nathan to tell David. So I want you to tell this to my servant David. Everybody say, I'm a servant of the Lord. I want you to tell this to my servant. How did he prove that he was a servant? Not just a son of God, but how did he prove that he was a servant of God? He proved that he was a servant of God because he had God's agenda and God didn't have to tell him everything. He just had God's heart. So God makes a covenant with him, not because David was walking around going, hey, what do you want me to do, God? Okay, like I, no, no, he said, you know what? I got a house, man, but God doesn't have a house. That says the Lord of hosts, this is the Davidic covenant. I took you from the pasture. Hey, where's God taking you from? I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep to be ruler over my people. This is a covenant now. I've been with you wherever you've gone and I've cut off all your enemies before you and I will make you a great name like that of great men in the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and plant them so that they may live in a place of their own not disturbed again. The wicked will not afflict them again as formerly even the day that I appointed judges over my people of Israel. I will give you rest from all your enemies. Somebody put an amen on that. The Lord also declares you, he's making a covenant, that he will make a house, a dynasty, a royal dynasty, a legacy for you. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down and you're dead with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant after you who shall be born to you and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one that shall build a house for my name and my presence, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father. He will be my son. When he commits iniquity, any of y'all here ever sinned? just want to make sure I'm in the right group. Some of y'all aren't raising your hand. You better get your hand up. That's a sin just to even say no, not me. I will discipline him with the rod of men. With the strokes of the sons of man, in other words, there's some consequence to doing wrong. But my loving kindness and my mercy will not depart from him. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne shall be established before me. This, this I will give you the key, the, the key of David is a covenant that God made with us that was unconditional that watch this now, that God knew we couldn't keep up our end of the bargain and he still made the covenant anyway. 
God says, because you desire and have put my house as a priority in your life, just know something. I'm going to take care of your house forever. I want to speak over you. God's going to take care of your house forever. He's going to take care of your sons. He's going to take care of your grandchildren. He's going to take care of your great-great-grandchildren that you don't even see that bear your name. Come on, put an amen on that. So what is this key of David? The key of David is also the second thing, a promise of increase. I prophesied not only is this year of transformation, but this is the year of double-double. Come on. This is the key of David is the promise of increase. Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7, we hear this every Christmas, right? For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for Jesus. Come on, in your own way, just thank God for Jesus right now. Thank you, God, for Jesus. And the government, the authority, shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Listen now, there shall be no end to the increase of his authority, his government, and of his peace. That means prosperity. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forward forevermore. You see, the key of David is so much more than, hey, I'm going to give you this key. And whatever door you open is going to stay open. And whatever you door you stay shut is going to stay shut. It's not so doors can be open and shut for you with this key. Watch this. But it's also so that you can honor the lowest members of the family. Hmm. The key of David is a promise of increase. It's, 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 it's a, the key of David is a covenant promise. What's that promise? The promise of increase forever. The third thing is the key of David is power and protection and promotion. Wow. Now let me get to the good stuff. That's the good stuff. Oh, church song. Revelations 3. Verse 7 and 8, listen to this. There's seven churches that are mentioned in the book of Revelations. The sixth church was the most significant church of all seven churches. Let me read it and then I'll explain it. Write this letter to the angel slash minister of the church of Philadelphia. Anybody here know what Philadelphia means? Come on, what does it mean? Brotherly love, the love of the brothers, the brotherhood. Why was the sixth church of the seven churches in Revelations the most favored church? Because of the brotherly love. By the way, Philadelphia was named after Adelphus Philadelphus. And it was named in honor of his brother. So write this letter to the place that was born out of a brother loving another brother. This is the message 
from the one who is holy and true, the one that has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. Mm. I know all the things you do, and I have opened up a door for you that no one can close. And I prophesy over every man, over every father that's in this house. If you will receive this key of David, and if you will take responsibility for what the key of David means. In other words, it doesn't matter what your life looks like. You're under a covenant promise. It doesn't matter what your life looks like. You honor the lowest of the low brothers. It doesn't matter what your life looks like. That you'll continue to keep striving to, to be obedient to the voice of God and to hear the voice of God. As that happens in the name of Jesus, listen, you may feel like you just have a little strength, yet if you obey my word and you do not deny me, listen to this, and you persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. God's looking for some men. He's looking for some fathers that will understand that they have the key of David. It's been given to you. You know why? Because the Davidic covenant has never gone away. When you became a follower of Jesus Christ, you became a part of the Davidic covenant forevermore. What's the covenant? You're the kind of man, I'm the kind of man that has decided to make God's house a priority. Not just build me a house, Bible calls it a palace. David built himself a palace. And all of a sudden he came, he came to this, re, this, 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 this recognition. Man, I, I, I did all this for my house and yet God doesn't even have a house. He started thinking about God. He started thinking about, I've been focused on my own provision. I've been focused on my own promotion. I've been focused on my own children. I've been focused on my own job. I've been focused on my own stuff. And all of a sudden he flips and he says, you know what? God, you don't have a house. I need to focus on your house. God didn't tell him to do that. God didn't tell him to build a house. God didn't even tell him to think about what was important to God. And God comes back and he tells Nathan, he says, listen, you tell David, I've, I've never asked anybody to build me a house. He's impressing me. I'm going to ask you something, not to bring guilt or condemnation. What have you done lately to impress God? How have you lived your life in such a way that God goes, I didn't ask you to do that. Bill, you just did it. Wow, I've got a message for Bill. Because you focus, you decide to focus that way. You must be a man after my own heart. So here's the promise I'm going to give you. Because you made my house a focus, my covenant with you is I'm going to make your house a focus forever. In spite of your lack of strength, in spite of your own weaknesses. Oh, by the way, anybody here got any weaknesses? Anybody got any weaknesses? Guess what you do with your weaknesses? God says, in your weakness, I will be strong. And you bring your weaknesses, and you bring your strengths, and you, you give them to God. 
And God says, you know what? I don't judge you based on your weakness. I judge you based on, as a man, are you a man after my own heart? Because you've obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. All who are victorious, listen now, will become pillars in the temple of God and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from God and I will also write on them my new name. The key of David. On this Father's Day, I I just wanted to inspire you. I wanna speak into your life that in Isaiah, he said, I'm giving you a key. And the key that I'm giving you is the power to open doors that nobody can shut, to close doors that nobody can shut. But also as I'm giving you this power, I want you to remember something. I'm not just giving it to you, but I'm giving it to you so you can love your brother, help your brother, Walk with your brother, but it's not just about your brother, it's about your father. And when you as a brother love another brother, you're loving each other the way I love you. Therefore, not only does the love of the father get turned towards your attention and you get God's attention, but then the brothers come together and they say, you know what, God, we're going to make, we're going to take this key and we're going to make the impossible possible. You're going to bring increase into our life because of your covenant promise in our life. We're not going to grow weary in well-doing because your word says in due season, and we will reap if we faint not. God is looking for some men who will take a stand, who will persevere in your own tests, in your own trials, in your own tough times. And God says, I'm gonna make you a pillar in my temple. My dream for this church One of my dominant dreams, as Napoleon Hill used to say, one of my magnificent obsessions is that the men of this church would be pillars in this house. What you're sitting on right now, and my friend Scott Uncleback, who oversaw the construction of all 168,000 square feet we have right here, we're sitting 37 feet down below the surface of the earth. And for this big cathedral to be built in Frisco, Texas, the pillars were about six feet around. Would that be right, Scott? 30 feet long, and they were driven into the ground before this building was ever built. You remember how many of them? A hundred, at least 120, maybe 130 pillars, listen now, that were six feet around and 30 feet feet deep, solid concrete that are pillars of why this building is standing in a city that doesn't have that great of dirt, which necessitated for pillars. 
Listen very carefully. What are we made of? Dirt. We came from the dirt. And God is looking for some men who will be solid pillars in the midst of a dirty world. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. So Jesus is teaching and he says, hey, there's two kind of men. There's a man that builds a beautiful house, but he doesn't get the foundation right. And he builds his house on dirt. He builds his house on the sand, listen to me, of man's way of doing things. If you do your business man's way, then when tough times happen, when you go through tests, I know you're going to, Here's the bottom line. That business, that family, that marriage, those finances will not stand. So Jesus lays it out. He said, this is how dirt works. Dirt moves, dirt changes, dirt can wash away. In fact, you're dirt, you're clay. But when God breathed into us, he took dirt he formed it. He formed us out of dirt. And then he blew his supernatural into our dirt. And he says, now you have the power not to be a dirt man, but you have the power to be a pillar in my temple. And if you'll build your family upon the pillar of who you are because of who I am in your life, when the storms come and when the winds rage and when trials come, you won't grow weary in well-doing because you know in due season you'll reap if you faint not. Why? Because there's a wise man and there's an unwise man in every group, in every, every crowd. And Jesus said there's only two. You're either wise or you're unwise. If you're unwise, you build it on the dirt. You build it on how the world does it. You build it on your mentality. You build your business your way. But if you do it God's way, he says the wise man builds his house on the rock. Why? Jesus is the rock. And the storms came and the winds blew, but that house did not fall because it was founded on the rock. Listen to me. If Jesus is a rock, he said, I need some men who will be pillars for me. I need you to be a pillar in my house. I, I need you to be able to uphold this house. I, I want to build some stuff because of you. I want to expand my kingdom because of you. Yeah, but I'm going through a tough time financially. Right? You know, God, I just don't even know if I can tithe. I, I give, give you a dollar, the first dollar of every 10. I don't know if I can afford to do that. I couldn't pay my house payment. I couldn't feed my family. God says, you're not my pillar. You're a dirt man. You're doing it your way. And no matter how much money you ever make, no matter how big a business you ever build, 
When you don't make a covenant with God, he doesn't give you the key of David. And if you don't have the key of David, you can't unlock doors that no man can shut. You can't close doors that no man can shut. Because if you do it man's way, you give men power. You know what's wrong with America right now? Men in power who've always been in power, who do it man's way and not God's way. That's what's wrong with America. That's it. That's it. It ain't a black thing. It ain't a white thing. It's not systemic racism. You can call it whatever name you want to call it. Let me tell you what it is. It's systemic humanism. It's mankind doing doing the world his way and all hell will break loose. And so racism is a problem and inequality is a problem and injustice is a problem. And we find ourselves at this point in history and God is saying, see that you do not refuse me when I speak to you. Here's the promise. All that can be shaken will be shaken. You know why? Because mankind has built a society, mankind has built a system, mankind has tried to build his family, mankind has tried to build his life according to his rules and not God's rules. And when the storm comes, when the, when the winds blow, the fall of that house is great. You know why? Because God is looking for some men that he can build his kingdom on that will be pillars in his house that actually don't just talk it, that aren't just talking brotherly love, that aren't just flipping got a nickel but are putting him first and he say let's build something that lasts let's build something that lasts America stay standing men America I've got a message for you you're not gonna last you're not even mentioned in the Bible But while I'm alive, and I pray to God while the men that God's put in my life while we're alive, I'm pledging myself to be somebody that God can trust to give me a key. That when I use the key of David, and God's given me the power to open some stuff up and to shut some stuff down, and I give honor up, down and all around then I'm in covenant with God who has promised to make increase happen for me and he's promised according to his word forever to give me power to give me protection in tough times and to give me promotion oh One of the greatest needs in the world is for sure not politics. It's for sure not with the Democrats. It's for sure not with the Republicans. 
It's for sure not with the white man. It's for sure not with the black man. It's for sure not about the human race. It's for sure about the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you something. As long as I'm alive, I'm saying, God, I want to be the kind of father. I want to be the kind of husband. I want to be the kind of man that that key that you've given me to open stuff, that I open the right things and not the wrong things. That I close the wrong things so that I can have an open heaven for the right things. I'm believing in the name of Jesus like never before that as we come back to church, that the men of this church will not be males by birth, but we will take our place. Listen, here's what it says. I want you to get it. All who are victorious will become pillars in my temple. And I'm going to write my name on you. That's why I wore this today. It's, it's everywhere. I'm going to write my name on you. I'm going to write my, I got it written on my chest. I got it written on my clothes. I got it written on my pants. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. And God's called some men to fight the right fight. And that is to fight for the key of David and to fight to be a pillar in God's house. Fight against the dirt of yourself, the dirt of your thinking. And let's get it right. Jesus. Would you just bow your heads with me and everybody that's watching, just listen, this is for men and it's for fathers, but it's for everybody. His covenant's never changed, just our commitment has. His covenant has never changed, but our obedience is up and down. His covenant has never changed, but we're not focused on what his agenda is. We're focused on our business and our family, and we're focused on what we need. If you're here or if you're watching, you say, you know what? I want to be the kind of man that deserves to carry the key of David. And from this day forward, from this day forward, I'm going to use that key to open what God wants me to open, to close what God wants me to close, and I'm going to use that key to strengthen me to be victorious. And may I become a pillar in the house of God. If you're here and you say, here's the truth, I just know I'm not that. Or I got more dirt on me. I'm striving to be a pillar, but I got more dirt going than I got stone going. See, he's the stone that the builders rejected. He's the cornerstone. 
but I've just got to get my focus right. And my focus just hadn't been right. And the focus is, first of all, on God. The focus is on what God's put you on the earth to do. The focus is not on your career. The focus is on the kingdom. Come on, y'all. The focus is not on your culture. The focus is on the kingdom. The focus is not on that person or this person. It's on the kingdom. So if you're here and you say, I got too much dirt on me. (laughs) I want to be a pillar. I want God's super added to my natural so that my dirt becomes like stone, that I become a pillar. If that's you, just lift up your hands all across this place. Come on. I'm going to pray for you. If you're watching right now, just go ahead and lift up your hand. Arthur, let's sing all to Jesus, I surrender. Can we do that? All to Jesus, I surrender. Sing it with us. All to Him, I Jesus, thank you for keeping your covenant with our Father. And now I join you as you empower me to be like the church at Philadelphia, that of all the seven churches in Revelations, they were God's favorite. So I declare that I will be a brother that loves my brother, that I will be a son that loves my God, that I will be a man that makes my life about your kingdom. Forgive me for the mistakes I've made. Wash the dirt off of me. Make me a pillar in your house. I want to say one last thing before I bless you out. The key of David promises increase. This is June. For the last 
several years, as long as I can remember, we've been under a prophetic anointing to announce that June is Access Month. So the key of David is a promise of increase. So I speak over your life and do not be surprised as God begins to bring increase into your life in July and August and September and October and November and December. And I declare that the last six months of our year of transformation, the last six months of our double-double will double what happened in the first six months. Come on, would you come into agreement with me? Now, don't go fly your kite and think God's gonna do that. You do your part to make that happen. How many of you in this audience already, you've seen double this year? God's been doing some double-double in your life. Amen, isn't that great? Some of you haven't this year. Guess what? You're with brotherly loves. We're gonna love each other, and guess what? God's hand is gonna be on us, just like it was on the Church of Philadelphia. But I wanna leave you with this. There shall be no end to the increase. This is the key of David now. Of his authority and prosperity, his peace. He shall rule on the throne of David with the key of David over his kingdom. Now listen very carefully to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. Everybody say double-double. What has been happening in our world, in America specifically for too long? Injustice. Let me show you something. There shall be no end to the increase of his authority and therefore his prosperity. Because when the authority's right, you prosper. When the government's right, you prosper. Government speaks of authority. So listen, so there's a double-double. Authority, prosperity. Now watch this. To establish it, from the throne of David with the key of David and uphold it with justice and righteousness. Why has there been injustice in our land for so long? Let me tell you why. Because of unrighteousness. What is unrighteousness? Listen very carefully. What unrighteousness is, is simply not doing things God's way. And looking at the brother I'm supposed to love and judging him for the color of his skin. And look at that, looking at the brother I'm supposed to love and passing laws for him that are not laws for me. Why is there injustice? Because there's unrighteousness. 
Again, unrighteousness doesn't mean wrong. Unrighteousness means not doing it God's way. So let me read it again. There shall be no end to the increase of his authority and his prosperity on the throne of David over his kingdom, which we're a part of, to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness, doing it God's way. So I can speak for this house. I can speak for this tribe because I'm the father of this house. In this tribe, we're going to fight for justice because we're going to fight for the righteousness of God. We're going to do things God's way like never before. And therefore, we will hold the key of David to unlock doors that have been shut and to close doors that need to be shut. And in the name of Jesus, through brotherly love, honor our brothers, our sisters, whoever it is that are lower than us because God has given us the power to lift them up. That's what we're going to do. I'm just telling you, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. So, I'll leave you with this question. Are you qualified to be a pillar? Because if you don't obey God, you're just not. You're dirt. You're dirt, man. You're good. We're going to love you, man. But nobody in this room, nobody in this family should ever say, I, I, I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to put God first. Because you've just disqualified yourself for what? An open heaven over your life. So part of the key of David is you obeying God and what he says. Don't rob me in tithes or offerings. Don't be a person that just even gets to the point where you're just tithing. But always be given over and above. Why? Because that double-double unlocks an open heaven over your life and that God begins to rebuke the devourer on your behalf. You don't get both of those things if you don't do both of those things. So let's get shored up, church. Let's obey what we know we're supposed to obey and let's operate in justice and doing things God's way, which is his righteousness. And again, I close with this, Matthew 6, Say it if you know it. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things. And all these things will be added unto you. I speak increase over your life in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on, y'all. I speak increase. Woo! Hope you got that. Lift up both hands and we bless you out. Happy Father's Day, everybody. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. May you know that if God is for you, who can be against you? If God is on your side, whom shall you fear? May you be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water, that your leaf will not wither. And whatsoever you do, say it like you mean it, it shall prosper. Go and increase in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.